0: I accidentally murdered you, shins, knees and knees, I kick them then break them freely, the snapping of elbows freely, a freebie to what I'm seeking, I just need to hear you screaming, forgive me, there is no reason, no PTSD, no demon, cause I am the beast, that's feeding. Yeah. still be fucking starving after eating out your heart, I'ma check out on your liver while your lungs up in the cart, skin you up and design you to hang on walls beside the darts, I personally think I'm putting some salt on the other parts, just to listen to the physics. of your All your little friends, you're different and whenever you middle me. I go walk to the me all I no one be walking to the me all Oh, yeah. I'm back once again Hope y'all enjoyed those disc records, man It's your boy King Known None Sister We got new music Fridays for the week of August the 18th King Known Awards is in two months I can't fucking wait It's gonna be the 10th anniversary it Ain't gonna be nothing special But we'll see We got a lot of news to cover, man So I heard some news about one of my favorite guys uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the game, Taco Fall. So, he signed a new deal to return to China to play for the Nanjing Monkey King, sources say. I mean, man, I don't think America... I mean, Taco Fall was last seen playing for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks Summer League team. So, I guess no deal manifested. So, Taco went to go get paid. So... Get paid, Taco. Get paid. Now, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled, you know, dropped a new song that features Future, Lil Baby, Lil Uzi Vert. And a lot of people is dick riding this song. That song is not that good, ladies and gentlemen. Don't believe the hype. It's called Supposed to be Loved. I mean, the beat, the beat sounds like a chick makeup tutorial music on YouTube, bro. Don't get me wrong, the beat fire. I love the beat. But I feel like Khaled should have grabbed three different rappers and a female singer. Um, The lyrics are not there for me. The beat idea was there, but I don't know Khaled. And then he also dropped it in August instead of like May. I think the record would have been a bigger hit if he dropped it in May. That's just me, but my thoughts, this is just average at best. I was just like reading the comments on the song and I'm like, oh no, we was not listening. The same fucking song It's no way No way Jose No Habla Ingles God damn This shit was a super Pack of mid. I'm saying Just average It's okay You know I don't know if I would play it Like I don't know if I would put it on Unless I was in a vibey mood Because the beat Got a nice little vibe to it that you can ride to, you know what I'm saying? It's a vibe, it's a summertime record, but a lot of people ain't gonna uh, play it. Ain't on my summer 50 list. Y'all, y'all can go check that out too. But, Khaled, this ain't it, Joe. I know y'all heard the intro, so let's just get into it, man. So, James Harden announced live and direct that Daryl Morey is a liar and he'll never play for an organization ran by him. (laughs) We'll see about that. We shall see. So what you want to do? You're going to go play in China because he made this announcement during an Adidas, Adidas press run in China. And these are bold claims. I mean, but here's the thing, though. James Harden, baby boy. Here we go. Birdman, Birdman Jr. shit. I called this. I saw this coming a mile away. I seen it. Owners, if it ain't in the contract, an owner or a GM can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I'm not trying to discount Daryl Morey Either because he's a piece of shit, too. I mean, that's why both of these guys both got along because they're both pieces of shit and ain't shit niggas. This is what they both do. And now Harden is possibly threatening to hold out here. So, as reported, right, the Philadelphia 76ers can block. James Harden from signing with any professional team if he doesn't join the Philadelphia 76ers by November 2nd. So he can't talk to nobody. Mm. I mean, you know what I think? I think he's going to report. He's going to have to. If he wants to get paid and if he wants to get off the team. I mean, he's got some time. The season usually starts, like, late October anyway. So he'll hold out this whole entire time, which is fucking up the chemistry between the 76ers and being a complete jerk-off and an asshole to your teammates, basically. Man, I know niggas is always trying to get all defensive and take his fat-ass side, Oh man, but he lied, he lied Q, he lied, he fucking lied, (laughs) that's what James Harden sound like, he sound like Funkmaster Flex, crying and shit, he lied to me, you lied to me, Mark Morrison head ass motherfucker man, man so? Owners lie every day, B. Get over it. Moving on. Um, Let me see here. We got a lot to talk about here. We got new music Fridays and shit. We got four albums we're reviewing. Isn't that exciting? But Kevin McHale called out James Harden. Stick it to the story, right? He called out Harden for getting him fired after he benched him in the 2015 playoffs. Let's read some quotes, man, because I found a list of all the quotes and stuff. We're going to get into it. So let's talk about this. So let's see here. Let me check my GPS because I'm driving right now here. Okay, Pine Lane. Boo, 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 man. But let's pull up these quotes. I'm excited to read this because <laughs> the more that I speak on this, because I told y'all, Kevin McHale, James Harden played his best basketball under Kevin McHale. And just the fact that he did him like that shows how much more of a shitty individual and selfish and ungrateful and fat individual that James Harden is. So, Mikhail said the next year he came to camp, he was fat and didn't feel like playing. And I got fired 11 games into the season. He had a plan. Mmm, tough. You know, when we first got him from Oklahoma City, he came from being the third option on Oklahoma City. With Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant being ahead of him, he came in and we put in a couple of sets. He liked, they ran there for him. He came off screens, he got the ball, never was a great lane runner, never threw the ball ahead a lot, but he did a lot more things back then. He would set screens, come off screens, stuff like that. He wanted the ball in his hands. He didn't want to come off of actions. He just started becoming more one-dimensional. Give me the ball. Put a one-four flat. Or give me a pick and roll. And just let me make every decision. My feeling was and has always been that type of offense works against the, uh, you know, in the regular season. But against good teams, they could take away something. It's hard for them. To take away two or three different things. But they can take away something. I said it about Phoenix when Steve Nash was there. It works in the regular season. But when they can load up defensively. And do different stuff. You have to have different prongs to your offense. So it became harder. So basically you know. Harden. And the shenanigans have been going on his entire career damn near. The only time he acted like something was in OKC when he was coming off the bench. It's just a sad situation that a great coach got fired and his reputation. You know, he hasn't had a head coaching job in quite a while here. No, you know, he's had some GM gigs, but not a head coaching job in, in, in quite a while. And that's unfortunate because Mikel and Harden made such a great combination. So let's move on. Pascal Siakam does have a lot of trade rumors around him, but... He has stated and came out and said that he did not want to leave the Toronto Raptors. Well, buddy, um, it is what it is if you do get traded. You know, there's rumors of him going to the Detroit Pistons. And I'm like, why would the Pistons do this? You know, yes, the Pistons have the assets and the young players to get that shit done. But it's best that, you know the Pistons keep their young core and build towards a future. But I understand why Siakam doesn't want to leave the Raptors. He's the man over there. He's the number one option. Why would he want to leave somewhere where he's the number one option? I mean, he was drafted by them, became a star there, had deep playoff runs there. Won a championship there. I mean, shit, he's got it made. Now, I had heard something very interesting. So Stephen A. Smith and Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving's father deaded the beef. Whatever beef it was, because, you know, Stephen A. would just openly criticize Kyrie Irving and would say that this shit is personal. So let's look at this article here on FadeAwayWorld.net, man. He reve- Stephen A. revealed that the animosity had increased because of Irving's father messaging him. Now, Kyrie Irving's dad did not like the disrespect, and Kyrie Irving was just like, all right, hey, Stephen A., you in my age group, nigga. We can, we can go if you want to you talking about my son, I'm going to put them hands on you. (laughs) Stephen A. Smith is one of Kyrie Irving's staunchest critics. The ESPN analyst has criticized Irving various times in the last few years. The reasons are plentiful and sometimes justified, but the comments kept getting harsher and personal. Smith owned up to his Irving comments becoming too personal on Paul George's podcast, revealing Kyrie Irving's father, Dredrick Irving, had gotten involved and complicated the situation. He said his father and I are fine, but it got to the point where it wasn't, unbeknownst to the public, the father loving his son and coming to his defense by sending me text messages that I didn't really appreciate we were on we were at the staples center and Kyrie rolls up on me and taps me on the back and says pause you've got the same energy face to face i said i'm standing here ain't i then he said it's not really about me more anymore i said you're right it had become about me and his dad and how we elected to communicate with each other smith gave Kyrie credit for opening the doors of reconciliation between them as deep Frederick Irving and Stephen A. Smith squash their issues. The shame of it is I'm 55 and obviously his father's around my age. The younger son was the one that had to educate us. That's what men do. Kyrie Irving was right and I called his father and we met face to face. There was no problem. I said to him, I'm still going to judge your son by what I see, but this notion that there's going to be any personal. Among Us, or whatever, I was just doing my job. If it looked different, that's on me. My thoughts on this is it's long overdue. Stephen A was making business personal. And that's the one thing that grinds my gears and snatches my buffs. That you know you gotta separate business from personal. That's the only way that things are going to flow correctly. And Stephen A has been long out of pocket. Way the fuck out of pocket. You know because When someone does something similar to Kyrie Irving, especially someone of the fairer skin, Stephen A's tone would change. And you know, Stephen A was a real fuck nigga about that situation. And I'm glad that he admitted that that was the case, even though I'm pretty sure Dredrick Irving did not play that shit and probably offered fisticuffs. But I'm glad that that shit is squashed And hopefully he doesn't go back to tap dancing for ESPN Now, someone that was uh, notably absent From Dwayne Wade's Hall of Fame ceremony Was LeBron James Now, there was rumors out there That he was at a Drake concert with Draymond Green While the ceremony was going on I don't know if that's true That's a rumor But the fact is that This is a person that helped you get your first championship. Dwayne Wade was already an NBA champion before LeBron and a Finals MVP. So you couldn't be there for your homeboy, alleged homeboy, banana boat buddy, Hall of Fame ceremony. Mmm, niggas ain't real these days, man. That's all I can really say. I was shocked because Carmelo was there. But where was CP3 ass at? I thought him and CP was cool. What's up with these niggas, man? This is is D-Wade's most important shining moment. And Bron Bron wasn't there. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't shocked. Not gonna lie, I'm not shocked about any of this. But damn, that's kinda messed up. Man, rest in peace to the homie Rah Rah, man, aka Dope Boy Rah, aka Young Capone. I didn't know that Rah Rah was Young Capone. Damn, I never knew that because I remember Young Capone I heard he was like affiliated with JD back in the day. You know, because, you know, I want to send a rest in peace to him. You know, he was missing in Chicago and then they had found his body. Now, what exactly happened to him, it hasn't necessarily come out, but a lot of people were worried about Ra's mental health. I hope he didn't kill himself. But, um, Ra Ra was, you know, if you're unfamiliar with him, I suggest you uh, listen to those Grand Hustle, Hustle Gang mixtapes and albums, because he was a heavy contributor to the uh, Hustle Gang revamp with Ti. You know Ti, of course, sent his condolences to Ra, and I mean he was he was he was straight. You know I didn't care for like his mixtapes like that. But, you know, when he did the features and the uh, guests, on the appearances, he was, he was dope. So rest in peace to him. Pusha T. Pusha T is currently in the process of working on Eclipse Reunion album. He finally came out and spoke on Jim Jones and Drake firing shots at him. He views them dissing him as forms of desperation. He said that these guys are desperate for attention, and he just looks at that uh, the dissing and just laughs at it. I got a feeling that Pusha's sending out bait. I definitely do believe on that Clips reunion album, Malice and Pusha T are going to respond to Drake and Jim Jones. But I don't. Pusha T views Jim Jones as competition. Because you see when Drake dissed him, Pusha T was ready. Because, you know, Drake is a superstar. That's different when somebody that's one of the the hottest rappers in the game diss you, you got to respond. You know, Jim Jones, you know, people was saying... Oh, man, Jim Jones won. (laughs) Listen, man, if a person is ignoring you, they don't respect you. That's like Jim Jones punching a goddamn mannequin. You know, Jim Jones is a dog barking at the moon. You know, my views on the Pusha T Jim Jones situation is just simple. Like, I don't think Pusha T respects Jim Jones enough to even respond to him. Oh boy. Marcus Jordan announced that him and Larsa Pippen plan on getting married. Lord have mercy, these two move pretty fast, don't they? Like my god. These two motherfuckers. Marcus Jordan. I hate to I hate to say it, you know, because fuck it. Marcus Jordan is pussy whipped. He is pussy whipped out of his fucking mind. Now Malik Beasley did it the right way. He used her to get back at his wife. Him and his wife ended up getting back together. For the sake of the children Not this nigga This nigga got a whiff of that Pippin pussy And it was a wrap This nigga wanna get married To a well known Pass around Trying to keep that Jordan and Pippin Legacy going huh Trying to get the Pippins And Jordans A 7th championship ring out, (laughs) Head ass motherfucker Yo, this shit crazy. Yo, I cannot believe that this nigga really wants to marry this broad. So, is she going to finally divorce Scotty because she's already like getting a piece of his pension? Like, Scotty, man, you gotta get you another woman, man. You gotta get, you gotta upgrade. This woman is just disrespectful and just such a conniving twin. Get your balls up, Scotty. God damn, he about to marry your former teammate son. But Mike don't like that shit though. MJ hates that shit, dude. MJ don't like that. At all. I understand. She's a slut bucket. I'm lost for words here. I mean, this man clearly doesn't care about her reputation. I mean, neither did Pippin for quite a while. This nigga here, shaking my motherfucking head. So it's official, like a ref with a whistle, Stephen A. Smith then, then got Shannon Sharp away from FS1, damn hammy. Okay, I see ESPN trying to get back into the lead as far as the worldwide leader in sports. But Shannon Sharp is going to appear on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith every Monday and Tuesday on ESPN First Take to talk some NFL. That's exactly where he should have been because Shannon Sharp don't know nothing about no other sport. His basketball takes... Are, were completely mediocre, but his football takes were always amazing. So he's right where he needs to be. Oh man, did y'all see Drake? Recent pictures of Drake. This nigga look like Thug-nificent, bro. <laughs> you see the nigga rocking being rough and stuff with her with with her afro puffs. <laughs> That nigga look like booty butt, booty butt, booty butt, booty butt cheeks. <laughs> Y'all see that shit? That nigga Drake is just doing just anything, and he was wearing like this FUBU shirt, which is cool. Not mad at the, uh, the dress code, even though I wouldn't be caught dead wearing it, but I guess it's like some throwback shit. You know, Drake just does a lot of shit for shock value these days. But let's get into new music Fridays, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Alright, the first project. We got Eminem and Dr. Dre's new artist, Easy Mill, dropping his uh Deluxe edition to Duality called Duality Redux. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk. Let's see what Easy Mill got. Podium is the track I played in the intro podium was a great lyrical display. I love this song coins featuring MB Nell. Um, this is a pretty good album filler Most definitely a good album filler The long run featuring for the brotherhood and it sounds like a basic Rap pop record and there are a handful of these on here Realist featuring Eminem. Hey, man, this track was way better than I thought it was. I thought Eminem's verse was mid about Melly Mel, but I take it back. I think it's above average. Now that I sat and listened to it, and now that fucking Melly Mel dropped that hot heap of garbage to help sell Easy Mills album, Realist is dope. Can't knock it. Twenty-seven bodies. Um, this was cool, even though he rapped half of this song bilingual. This is the thing about bilingual people, you know, that try to rap like that. I don't understand it, so I'm only going to judge it by how it sounds. And twenty-seven bodies is good. Now, track six, I cannot read this shit. It's in another language. Dalawama put. Dala Wong, ooh, ooh. yeah. This is in another language, G Or 2200 That might have been it, but whatever It's another bilingual song I don't really understand it Eh, it's not my cup of tea Re-up Hey man, this, this song is dope It's fucking catchy as shit And I didn't know Easy Mill was a producer and did beats That's interesting Re-up. This was cool, man. It's got the little kids on the hook. Definitely takes it back to my childhood where everybody had the little kids on the hook singing or rapping. Up, Down, Step and Walk. Um, This is the song that made Dr. Dre and Eminem interested in Easy Meal. So this song has been out for quite a while. This was the first single. And it's dope as fuck and uh, here's where the project started going you know going off track into it all uh you know he's singing and shit with a guitar on some pop shit this was cool first and last this is another track like this and easygoing millions was probably the best song that he just sang on but I wasn't feeling it I mean his vocals are great don't get it twisted dude does have vocals but however i wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the actual songs and it kind of threw me off a little bit but all in all duality redux i mean easy mill showcases all of his talents in this one project for one number two i definitely liked it when he rapped in english Uh, the pop songs I could do without but you know this is a rookie that could be in the talks for rookie of the year I mean he definitely has talent because Easy Mill is from the Philippines but I definitely enjoy the rap songs on uh, Duality Redux. Now, let's move on. But um, let's move on to the next album on the table here. Next album I listened to was Gloss Up. Shades of Gloss. Now, if you're unfamiliar with who Gloss Up is, she's a female rapper from Memphis, who is affiliated with Glorilla and is signed to QC. And she's dope as fuck. Now let's go into Shades of Gloss. Stamp That, ayo. yo She kind of popped off on Stamp That, not gonna hold y'all. Definitely popped off, for real, in a major way. Don't like featuring Big Bad Queezy, this was okay. Check by gloss up and sexy red. Uh, sexy red messed this whole fucking song up. I'm not gonna hold you. Her verse was completely not needed. Cause we we could have had slime roni or fucking Elisa or carbon on, or or glow on one of these songs. Like seriously, check was a good song until sexy red popped her her weirdo ass on here. That's all I'm going to say here. Thick. Well, it's, a, it's one of those strip club songs. You already know what time it is on that one. Um, Mention Me featuring Aliza, K-Carbon, and Slime Rony. This was cool. I expected a little bit more out of this. I'm not going to lie because they hadn't missed up until this point. Mention Me is probably the weakest of their collaborations together. I expected a little bit more out of the four, and they all only had like eight bars. That's crazy. I thought each was gonna kick a sixteen. Yeah, I was surprised that this was mid. She she ain't me, but spell she and me. But um, yeah, I get the concept. It's all right. Rich baby mama. This is probably the best song on here, hands down. Cause I like the little sample and it's kind of like a it's kind of poppy but she's just she just made a song for single mothers I think it was dope feeling myself this was cool go off eh, kind of average pretty um this song is catchy definitely fuck with pretty you know what I'm saying Walk away. This is a good song. This is like one of those breakup songs. And the closer features DC Young Flies singing. Hey man, this this shit dope as hell. Miss My Dog featuring DC Young Fly. This was fire. All in all, gloss up shades of gloss. Um, it's potential there with gloss up. I mean, this is the second project that she's released within 12 months because she uh, had a project earlier this year called Before the Gloss Up, and that shit was straight too. I definitely prefer the other project over Shades of Gloss, but it's no disrespect to too Shorty. But I think Shades of Gloss is still a solid project despite what I prefer. And it's got some bangers on here. It's got some club bangers some street shit and it just shows her range of talent now let's move on to ESTG what was the name of that El Toro 2 that's the name of it so ESTG released I don't know what what he considers this I don't even know if this is even a a mixtape or an album I can't tell Let's find out through Genius on what this is. Okay, this is the sequel to his mixtape. Got it. So, El Toro 2 is a mixtape. Because ESTG released an album earlier this year, and it was average. But El Toro 2 is a little bit better than that, but we'll get to it. Tuscan Perfume, it's a long-ass intro before he starts rapping. But this turns out to be tight. Fucks with it. Double XL. Fire. Turn the streets up. I can see this like being a hit. Toast. Fire. I like fire. Yeah, like ESTG came out the gate swinging. But here's where it started to get a little bit mid here. That's why you don't really do 20 track projects unless it's like super tight the biggest mm, wasn't feeling it personal this was a better song and i get the concept and everything more blood this shit was tough super tough a moment with gotti this was okay this is an album filler it is featuring Rilo Rodriguez. I don't understand the hype behind Rilo Rodriguez. I really don't. I mean, a lot of chicks like him. You know what I'm saying? It's some, it's some guys that listen to him too, but I see his market, his chicks. I don't see anything special about him. That's just me. But it is. It's all right. Meech, this was mid. Free Doggy featuring 42 Doug, this was this was dope, this was dope as fuck, definitely fuck with it, one call, uh, this is okay, a moment with G, it's like an interlude, but he does spit like a 16, that's cool on here, bad guy, I fuck with bad guy, not gonna lie, bad guy, this bitch slapped, yo, the concept of this song is so fucking cold, And it's like an anthem, really. Nobody else featuring Static Major? Ayo, man. Where are y'all getting all these Static Major vocals from, man? That's what I want to know. I mean, nobody else. I don't like ESTG's performance on it. Static Major's hook pretty much outshined him. I think featuring Little Baby... This was a great collaboration right here. It was dope. Don't forget, this was okay. Back to a time. I like the beat, but the beat kind of outshines ESTG. And it just sounds like he didn't finish the song. Sounded like he was too perked up toward the end of the song. Another moment with Gotti is an excellent closer. All in all, El Toro 2 is a dope mixtape. It may have had one too many songs on here. That's the only criticism that I got, but ESTG, this project is way fucking better than Mad. Way fucking better than that album, in my opinion. Last but totally not least, Quavo released his second album, Rocket Power, today. It's been highly anticipated. Obviously, you know, we lost takeoff last year. And it's been very, very difficult for Quay to get over that. Well, well, you'd never get over it. But it's hard for it was hard for him. Let me rephrase that. It was hard for him to get through this situation mentally that was his nephew that was like his best friend but let's start it off fueled up this is a decent opener it's kind of okay not necessarily anything to be turned or excited about patty cake feature and takeoff this was pretty cool I definitely fuck with this heavy mama told me the singing is a little bit extra but it's all right. Who With Me is pretty much a mid-album filler. Narcato Speaks. I guess it's the uh, Takeoff. Drink Champs interview. Hold Me is probably my favorite song on here. That shit is definitely dope. Where can I start? Mm, it's I. Wall to Wall I understand it's a strip club type song ass shaking song but it was hella mad Turn Your Click Up featuring Future this was a, this was on my summer 50 list and this is a dope ass record that boy Future wildin wasn't he I got it out the field fuck Russell <laughs> that nigga crazy Back where it begins, featuring Future and t- and Takeoff, this was fire. Really fucking dope. Like I didn't like it at first, but I listened to it again just to make sure, and it was way better than I thought the second time listening to it. Eleven, eleven. Um, this was cool. Galaxy. This was an experimental song. Kind of like up-tempo, pop. Uh, Wasn't a fan of this record. Disciples, man, this beat was fucking fire. This beat was sick, bro. It had this key that the producer was playing on. It's this certain instrument in the track that had me like, whoa. It was like this bling, bling sound going on and shit. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking amazing. Love that beat. Like the song, too. Don't get me wrong. Focus with Young Thug. Although Young Thug singing is a little bit excessive for my ears. Um, this was a good song, though. Focus is a really good song. Stain by Quavo featuring Huncho and Baby Drill. This was cool. It was another experimental record. Pop record, if you may, but had ghetto shit on uh ghetto shit over top of it. Ghetto lyrics. <laughs> Not done yet. Pretty sad. Pretty sad record. Um Rocket Power. This was dope. And then the final track, Greatness, was the first single or the first song that I should say that I heard from Rocket Power. And it was dope. And it was pretty much like a tribute to um, yep. Take Off. Yep. Yep. All in all, Rocket yep. Power is dope. And this is way better than his first album. Easily. And I definitely enjoyed this project from start to finish. It has this great collection of bangers. Um, He tried to experiment on this project. And Quavo definitely improved also as like an all around MC. He's learning on how to be a solo artist, a true solo artist. Alright y'all, that's my show I want to thank y'all for coming through And listening to uh, this show This episode, I was really excited About recording this Um, this is King Known Uncensored New Music Fridays For the week of August 18th And I'm out